Welcome to the Business of E-Commerce, the show that helps e-commerce retailers start, launch, and grow the e-commerce business. I'm your host, Charles Pulesky, and I'm here today with Kim Run. Kim is the Director of Business Development at SKUVault, a cloud-based inventory and warehouse management system. I've known Kim for a while. She's an expert in everything SKUVault, inventory-related, warehouse management-related. So I asked her in the show to talk about if you're a retailer and you're looking at setting up a warehouse, what are some do's and don'ts? What are some things you should definitely be looking for? And just some random tips that can really help you in the initial setup and save you some time in the long run. So it's a super interesting show. I hope you guys enjoy it. Leave any comments, any likes, always appreciated. And we'll get on to the show and his interview with Kim. So hey, Kim, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you today, Charles? Doing good. Glad to have you on the show. It's uh, I, I appreciate it. Thank you for giving me the time. Yeah, well, inventory management, I feel like this is something I haven't spoken about very much on the show. Um, and from working directly with quite a few retailers, everyone kind of does it, but it's not. It's just not a topic you kind of see discussed very often. And I'm not really sure, maybe because it's not like, you know, there's like optimizing ads in the market. Yeah, it's, <laughs> there is the boring side of it, but it is what comes down and makes, you know, makes a lot of these businesses work. So it's just interesting yeah. that it's not something we've dug into very often. So I'm kind of excited to get into the details. So Director of Business Development at SKUVault. Um, SKUVault is a WMS, right? Warehouse Management System. We are. We're WMS with IMS and WMS built together. Um, we like to make sure that people understand we do both, um, but there's a lot of crossover in the industry. Everybody has their hands in inventory some way, shape, or form. We just go really deep in the warehouse and do a lot in the warehouse as far as routing workers, making sure that people can find things and keeping your warehouse organized in addition to all of the inventory functions as well. Yeah, I think that's the thing when everyone kind of has the inventory management, right? Like everyone has their shop by e-commerce <laughs> and it's just inventory. Mm -hmm. But when you actually start talking about warehouse management, there's a whole different layer of that, right? Like the, yes. the barcode scanners and like people moving around and like what pallet is in row 36. So all yes. that, like actually, you know, managing the warehouse, right? That sort of stuff. Making sure that you're getting the people in the right place. Yes. Using the barcode scanners, making sure that you're picking the right item and the right quantity and getting it to the right station for shipping um, so that you're, you know, we integrate with the shipping software so that you're using that QC and the shipping software as well and making sure that you're getting that out when you're going. Um, you know, when we're, when we're looking at working with you guys, we're looking at whole loads to get out to companies that, that may need that service to get everything over to their resellers and their suppliers. Um, so there's a lot of different ways that SKU Vault is involved in the back end. Basically, if you need to find something, you need SKU Vault. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things. Once you basically go to, you know, outside of inventory management being like some boxes in the corner, you actually, yes. when you start talking to new retailers about setting up, so let's say someone doesn't have a warehouse right now, they're doing, you know, they have some and I had this one point where in e-commerce side and I had an office partner and I would literally stock stuff in our office. And at one point the box was so high, they were going to tip over and like crush us. And he's like, you, you know, you have to stop. Um, so like at what point when you're talking to a retailer and they're like, all right, I have that box problem. They're going to tip over and, you know, flatten me one day. I want to move into a proper warehouse. Like, what do I do next? What do they kind of look at from now? 
Um, so when you start looking at, I need to get into a warehouse, I'm, you know, maybe. So I think the first thing you have to do is you have to identify what is a warehouse. Um, in e-commerce, we can be dealing with people who are operating out of a basement, a garage, a bedroom, all the way up to somebody that's running maybe 500,000 square foot warehouse and everything in between. Um, so what is your warehouse? It can be anything. It's anything that holds your inventory. And when do you, what do you do when you need to start setting that up? Well, you need to organize. It. Um, you need to be able to find things. You need to get proper shelving in there. You don't want to stack your boxes one on top of the other because you're constantly moving them to get to what you need to. Um, you want to make sure that you're getting good organization set up like shelving, set up in rows and set up with locations and making sense logistically out of what you're doing in that warehouse. So if you're looking at a warehouse that's a few thousand square feet, maybe you're looking at like a 10,000 square foot warehouse, you're going to have several rows of shelving and you're going to want to name those and get those locations. So you have row one, two, three, four, whatever. And then you start naming shelving and then you're putting items in there and you're putting them on your shelf. But what you want to think about when you're doing that is what kind of picking you're doing as well. Um, because the example you gave of where you're stacking things up, usually what you want on those top shelves is that overstock, um, the items that you don't have to get to all the time. You want your eye level to be your picking area and you want your very low and your very high to be overstock, overruns, um, extra items, slow movers, whatever. But you want to make sure that you start out with that good organization, setting up areas in your warehouse for your shipping, for your receiving, for your returns, um, making sure that it's organized in a way that once you get it done, um, people can find things. And it's not all in your head. Uh, we see that a lot with small business owners where they're building things and they start out in their head and they don't put it on paper and they don't, they don't get a system and they don't get things set up right. And then they need to hire somebody and now they're in the middle of a system with no way to explain it to somebody. So start early um, with getting everything set up correctly and getting it getting it in your warehouse correctly and look for those proper ways to get that warehouse set up. Today's episode is sponsored by Drip. Drip is the world's first e-commerce CRM and a tool that I personally use for email marketing and automation. Now, if you're running an e-commerce store, you need to give Drip a try and here's why. Drip offers one-click integrations for both Shopify and Magento. There's robust segmentation, personalization, and revenue dashboards to give you an overview of how your automation emails are performing. One of my favorite features of Drip is the Visual Workflow Builder. It gives you a super easy way to build out your automation world visually and see the entire process. It lets you get started quickly, but also build very complex automation roles. It's powerful, but also easy to learn, unlike a lot of email tools that offer the same type of automation. To get a demo of Drip today, you can go head over to drip.com BOE. That's drip.com slash B-O-E. Now, onto the show. When you're saying receiving, so do people usually have, like, what is the process when you're checking in new products? So a container comes in, like, and that day is always like the hectic, crazy day when, like, you know, you're trying to get stuff off probably somewhere that's basically blocking your, <laughs> blocking everything <laughs> into, onto a rack. Like, what kind of happens? Um, is there any kind of best practices there? 
They can have. I mean, it really depends on the size of your operation, I guess. Um, So so if you're looking at an average size operation, maybe a small business that's doing, um, say, $4 million a year, $5 million a year, somewhere in that area, generally they're going to have a receiving area set up. So, And hopefully they have a receiving dock. So when things come in, those trucks are easy to empty and easy to get into the warehouse and, and to get off of the pallets as well, or at least get the pallets in there easily. Um, If you have that area set up, then it becomes a little less chaotic because it's sitting there. And and you're over there with your scan guns, we hope, and and you're using your scanners to receive everything. If you're using a system like SKUVault, then you can pull up your purchase order and you can see what was ordered and you can start receiving against that purchase order. So that as you're receiving things, you can be scanning those in with the barcodes that are entered into your SKUVault system and, and entering those counts correctly. So if you've ordered... 10 of widget one, two, three, and you only got five, your purchasing department's going to know that by looking at what was received at that point. And as a business owner, sometimes you don't necessarily want your receiving department to see what you ordered. So there's ways to hide that. And there's ways for you to allow your receiving department to just receive against a purchase order without them knowing exactly what was purchased. Um, and why, those are why some is that, really, actually? Why would, you, why would you not want them to know? What would be the reason why um, Some companies have trust issues. <laughs> okay. Um, and, and so they get worried about um, whether their receiving team is going to receive things properly, if everything's going to go in the warehouse correctly. Um, are they going to stop counting at 10? Are they going to get very concerned when only eight come in and it was 10? Because you do have those people that like to overperform as well. Um, and, oh, my God, we ordered 10. We only got eight. I have got to take this immediately and go talk to purchasing. Great. That's that's wonderful. But you're, right now your job is to be receiving this entire pallet. And let's get that done. Let's get that in the system. And then let's hand this off to purchasing. And let's let them do their job so that they can follow up with it. So there's a lot of different ways and reasons why people might not want their receiving team involved in what purchasing was doing. Um, if they do, and many small businesses do want that purchasing or that receiving team involved, you can do that. And then they are comparing and they're looking and they're making notes as they go through and saying, we didn't get these or we got them damaged or, um, you know, we, we got an overrun. And maybe you have an agreement with your supplier to get overruns. Many suppliers do sell that way. So your agreement might be that you order a minimum of 100 of something but when you're manufacturing, if there's an overrun of up to 10%, you agree to take that on your purchase order. And that does happen with some manufacturers. So when you're receiving, you want to make sure that you're getting every single count in. Hopefully you have a dedicated area for it so that it's not so chaotic and it's not in your way. If you don't, then obviously you want to get it received as quickly as possible and get it put away. And that's where Stuvalt can kind of help with getting everything in there because you can slot it into where it belongs very quickly or you can just get it into an empty location if you're using some sort of a dynamic system within SKUVault or within your warehouse um, so that you're just using empty slots to get your product into and nothing has a definite home. That seems like one of those big benefits, right, of having some sort of management software because you talk to these retailers that don't and you're like, how many, you know, how many of widget A do you have in the warehouse? And they're like, eh, not really. Like, it's kind of this like, right. and like, that's like the, 
a worse scenario where you don't know, maybe there's, you know, 150 or maybe there's actually like one and you have no idea and just kind of like running out. And when they can't find any, they order more. Um, what do you do? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, like, and you always, and you, you talk to people who are like, are in this today. And like, how do you yeah. get out of that when you're in that hole? Do you have something, some sort of system where people can do like an auditing and at least come up with mm -hmm. like, okay. and if people doing that, I'm assuming as uh, infrequent as possible, right? Like hopefully you have these checks in place. So when stuff comes in the door, units come in, they're counted there. So you don't have to run a stock check every week. You know, it can be like a oh. yearly thing, hopefully. Yeah. If you're using if you're using a scanning system, um, you know, the big thing in a warehouse is you want to avoid typing anything that you can, because whenever you start typing something, you open yourself up for error. When you're using a scanning system, a sc that scanning system is making sure that you get the correct item in and out the door every single time. And if you're scanning every item, it's the correct quantity every single time. And even if you have to get to the point where you want to count 100 and you want to just enter 100 instead of scanning all 100, we get it. Nobody wants to stand there and scan 100 of something. That's fine as long as you're going through and you're double checking and you're making sure that your quantities are getting in correctly. Um, you know, as far as as far as your inventory and ordering when you have when you don't have something or worse, ordering when you do have something, that's where WMS comes into play and um, IMS comes into play very, very heavily um, because you want to make sure that the stock that you're ordering is the stock that you need. It's cash flow. Um, if you're if you're letting yourself get to one of something and it turns out that it's a hot seller and we are having the issues that we're having right now with supply chain, and it has to come from where? Where's it coming from? China? Is it coming from across the United States? Or, you know, are you in New York and it's got to come from California, so it's going to take a week to get there on a truck or UPS or however you're getting it? Or is it coming from a boat? Um, from China, you do not want to get down to one. You need to be able to set thresholds so that you know when to place orders and that you're getting those orders placed as quickly as you can so that your inventory is constantly flowing. I mean, if you're an Amazon seller, you know, if you run out of stock, you lose the buy box. And if you lose that buy box, there's a real good chance you may not get it back for a while. So that's something that you want to really be careful about. If you're a brand selling on your website and you run out of the item that you're selling and somebody really needs it, they're going to your competitor and they're buying. So you don't want to lose them off of your website. You want them to be able to constantly purchase from you. So you want to make sure you're keeping your inventory levels correct for the item that you have, but you also want to make sure that the items that you have are showing in your inventory because it is a catch-22. You don't want to have somebody say, hey, how many pens do we have that are, you know, design A? And you're like, I don't know, um, maybe 10. Well, we just got an order for 200. Do we have it? I don't know. Let's go dig around the warehouse and look. No, let's, let's have a system in place where you know exactly what you have, you know exactly where it is, and you can get there very, very quickly. It makes picking orders and getting orders out the door very efficient. And with this, the arena that we are living in with COVID, last mile is going to kind of stink this year, and we all know it. And, and so you need to get those orders out the door as quickly as possible because just that one day could make a difference between somebody getting an item in time for gift giving 
or not getting it and you've ruined their Christmas because, you know, I've, I've been there. I was a, I was an e-commerce seller and I probably ruined Christmases for people that I didn't get something to them on time. So you don't want to do that. You want to make sure you're creating that great client experience by ensuring that you're getting things out the door faster. And the best way to do that is to make sure you know what you have, make sure you're listing what you have, make sure your quantities are staying correct and know where it is so you can go and get it very quickly, pack it, ship it and out the door. Yeah, it's one of a uh, sign of the times in 2020. One of our most yes. requested features is back orders. And, yes. <laughs> you know, no one's ever talked about back orders before. It's usually something everyone's like, ah, we don't do that. And now it's like, no, no, we have to support them to share like back yes. orders. Like, that's kind of the new thing. And yeah, like you said, the buy box, you know, they don't like back orders. No, no one likes back orders. It's, a, it's just a sign of the times. And if possible, you never want to get there, right? You want to be able to right. look into the future and say, okay, we're selling this many every 30 days. We have a mm -hmm. lead time of 90 days. So we need to order, you know, four months in advance. So you need to really have like an understanding of how many you have and how many you're going through every month to get some sort of concept on when you need to order again. That's exactly right. And and with a warehouse and an inventory management system, you do get that. You have that reporting. Um, with SKU Vault, we have a way for you to put in thresholds of when you want to order so that we notify you when an item gets to your threshold for placing your order. And then you can just pop it into your purchase order and send that off to your supplier so that everything's, everything's pretty automatic. So you're getting it sent through very, very quickly and getting that information because you can send that PO right from SKU Vault and then get that out there. But, but that is, you know, it is a big deal to make sure that you're ordering in a timely manner. And especially now when I know things were very, very slow in the spring and we've started getting orders back into the United States. We've started getting ships back into the U S from overseas, but I hear there's space being fought for on those ships. Um, I know a lot of e-commerce sellers are having, they're struggling with making sure that their containers getting on the ship and you know, they're fighting against each other to make sure that, that they get on that ship. And then what's that doing? It's running up the cost of shipping too. So we're seeing increase in cost of freight shipping and ocean freight shipping. So controlling that inventory and making sure that you're getting everything quickly can kind of help keep those costs down as well. Going to the holiday season, are you seeing, you know, in 2021 next year, are you seeing this continuing or is this starting to kind of level off at some point or what direction is ahead there right now? Um, I, the supply chain issues, I think that we're going to continue to see some issues. It's, you know, I hear people saying we have shortages and I don't really think that it's shortages as much as it's supply chain. Um, I've, I actually was talking to a grocery manager for Kroger, our local grocery store recently. And he mentioned that, you know, part of the reason that they have empty areas in the store. And I think this it goes everywhere is that. They have limited amounts that they can order. So an example of the groceries, he can only get X number of cases per week on his grocery order. And that has to include all the groceries that fall into that grocery category for that particular store. And, and so what happens is if he has a hot seller that is, you know, I used Halloween candy as an example. If he has to get Halloween candy in and that happens to fall in grocery, and I don't know if it does, but that may take away from being able to get macaroni and cheese or to be able to get beans. And so then you might see an empty shelf for a week. And so what happens? Everybody's panicking. Oh my God, there's a shortage of mac and cheese. No, there's not a shortage. We have a supply chain disruption. And, and I don't think that's going to correct itself all that quickly because we've got to get, we've got to get those 
those shipments in from overseas, they stopped for a very long time. And making up two, three, four months worth of shipments coming back is not an easy task. It's, um, it's, it's actually kind of comical. If you look at some of the pictures um, that I've seen recently on social media, of some of the ships, the cargo ships that are coming across the ocean and the stacks and stacks and stacks um, of cargo bins that are on there. It is amazing. I just don't even know how they don't sink, but um, <laughs> it's going to take a while. So it's, I think we're still looking at another six to eight months to get the supply chain caught up. Um, hopefully it means people buy American a little bit more too. Yeah. Yeah. I think the lead times is really the thing, right? It's just the lead yeah. times have gone, your lead times are two months before now they're six, eight, the number you right. need to look so much further into the future and you can't just be saying like, you know, looking out the window at the warehouse going, oh yeah, it looks like we should order some more today. This needs to be like, well planned. you know, you're planning out in the spring, you're planning out the fall. Now it's a whole yes. different thing. So right now, you know, you should be thinking of, spring of next year this isn't you really should yeah. um christmas christmas this year should have been planned for yeah. in june it's already said and done at this point yeah. yeah if you're not if you're not ready for peak season at this point well you know i'm sorry but you probably should have been and um you really need to just say okay i'm going to do everything i can right now to get through this and keep notes you know watch what what your pain points are and then address those after the first of the year so that so that you can kind of take care of those so that you don't continue to live with those pain points constantly because e-commerce is not going to die down after the holidays people shop differently now and it's going to continue and you're going to continue to experience those pain points if you don't notice what they are it just so happens that you might notice it a little bit amplified because you know we're in peak season and so you see just a little bit more but fix it you know fix it in january um you know muddle through in november and december and then fix it as soon as you can yeah have you ever seen and we work a lot of dropshippers here that kind of have this model where they don't carry an inventory. So like initially they go in thinking like no warehouses, warehouses are bad, but then you kind of run to this thing where, well, I do get some returns. I got to do something with them. So you stop basically creating your own, you know, returns warehouse. And then at some point you see, okay, maybe, you know, XYZ product, they're running some sort of promotion on that. I can get that at a great deal, but I have to buy minimum quantity of a hundred or 500 units. Okay. Let me pick up a few of those. So you start almost like, slowly becoming a warehouse as a drop shipper. Do you ever kind of yeah. see this model and like, is there a way to kind of make that transition a little easier? Cause usually that's like the awkward in between where you didn't ever plan to actually hold inventory, <laughs> but somehow now you're looking at your garage and you're like, I can't park my car in the game anymore. What do I do? <laughs> um, I, I think there is, I think it does go back to um, getting organized in the beginning. And, and I do think a lot of businesses and, especially e-commerce businesses start that way. They start out with the drop shipping uh, model or they start out with um, that just-in-time model where they're ordering and then just getting it in. And that model's really screwed up right now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you're, if you're operating on just-in-time right now, you probably are, are experiencing a little bit of angst and a little bit of worry. So that's difficult. But I think if you're going from drop ship, and I think a lot of companies have a... Um, I think it's a hybrid. I think it's a little bit of everything. They do some drop shipping. Um, they do some self-fulfillment and, and maybe they do some just in time as well. I know um, when we operated our e-commerce business, um, we did all three. 
So, so we actually warehoused our hot sellers and anything that needed to go out very quickly. We always made sure that our stock levels were kept correct and, and we got those out quickly. But items that we needed to sell that were not hot sellers and were just going to take up space in the warehouse, we often just drop ship those directly from our manufacturers or our wholesalers. And we just set up those relationships so that they could take care of that for us. And as we got into less of the drop shipping and bringing it in and more of the warehouse, it, it was a pain point because we did have to figure out how to operate a warehouse and how to organize a warehouse and how to set it up. Um, thankfully, in our case, we had a warehouse manager that had done this for a while. Um, so so that helped. And, and we had experience in large warehouses with um, machines and selling machines. We were also an authorized dealer for an inventory type machine. So it helped to know what the nuts and bolts were to go in. But I think that a lot of people don't get that. And even today, um, occasionally when I'm out speaking and I go to like conferences where you have smaller sellers, Something that I hear that people, it blows their mind when I talk about it is I, I have this speech that or this thing that I do called don't play hide and seek with your inventory. And um, I start talking about how to create a location within your warehouse. And it just blows people's mind that they should have a location. Um, and it's such a simple thing because it's just an area on your shelf where you put a tag and you've called this um, shelf three and section A. And it's just an alphanumeric code that you're putting in there and you're saying okay now i have section 3a and all that means is it's the third the third section of shelving and it's shelf a on there and it's in aisle one so maybe i'm one three a is now my location so setting those up and knowing that that scheme and how to set that up is really a big deal um, a simple google will help people understand just google how to do it um, and it does help you. Why is that such a big deal? It helps you know where everything is. Um, <laughs> no, I get it. It, it. To me, it's such, it's just second nature to yeah. do it. Um, but it helps you know where everything is. Even if you're not using a skew vault type WMS, even if you're operating off of a spreadsheet, you need to make sure that you have a location because how do you know where anything is? Um, even if every piece of inventory that you have is in a bin, number your bins and, and give them names and numbers and not just names and numbers, but give them locations. If your garage is a four car garage and you're using it as a warehouse and you have a bunch of bins in there and you start numbering them one through 50 and you need to get into bin 38, well, where is it? Um, so, you know, tape off areas and name your areas in some way, shape or form or Put up shelving and put shelf tags on them and make some sense out of it by saying aisle one, aisle two, aisle three, aisle four, shelf one, two, three, four, going down your rows and getting your sections. I, I personally have a small um, business still that sells on eBay. I just sell stuff on eBay. It operates out of my basement um, and I have a full warehouse system set up for my basement. So I have... <laughs> Literally, I mean, people are always floored. My husband runs it and people are always floored when they look at it because we have aisles one, two, three, and four. And um, and then he's got everything named, but he he knows how warehouse management systems work. So he set it up and we know where everything is. When we have a sale, he can go, he can pick that item 
and he can have it off the shelf and over to his shipping area in a matter of 20 or 30 seconds. It doesn't take any time. There's no searching for it. There's no delay. Um, and, and when you're coming back in off of that drop shipping type scenario that you were doing, or you're going to create that hybrid, you got to organize it. You got to figure out where it's at. You got to know where it is. And because before you know it, you're going to go from having 10 products to 200 products. Yeah. That's the thing, and right? It, People are thinking. Yeah. And when it's all in your head. When it's, yeah. It, when it's a thousand square feet and you can just sit there and you can view, you know, from your chair, you can see the entire warehouse. You kind of get a sense of, okay, that's all those are over there. These are on the side. It's mm -hmm. easy. But when that thousand goes to 10,000 and you're out sick and you have to, or you have to get in some seasonal help or anything. And you basically are just now like traffic copying people around the warehouse saying, no, no, you go, you go there and you spend your day doing that. It gets, it can get bored, boring real quick. Um, it can. And, and you, um, you know, one of the biggest mistakes that, that we see small business owners make is that they, they don't want to, um, they want to do everything themselves. They, they like to, they like to be the master of everything and, and often they aren't, they, but they've created all these great processes for their business, but they can't grow it um, because they're the only ones that own those. And so it's harder to hire somebody because you didn't write your process down. You didn't organize yourself well enough to start with. And so what happens if you want to go on vacation? Um, who's going to do your shipping? Are you just going to shut your warehouse down while you're gone on vacation? because you don't have any you have no scheme you have you have no organization to your warehouse you have no system set up you have no way for somebody else to come in pull your orders down off of ebay amazon walmart your website wherever they're coming from and then create some sort of a pick for it go and get them and very easily get them back out the door and that's where you need that that wms that ims to be able to keep that organized for you so that you can very easily get somebody else in there you draw a map you say hey this is what this is what my map is this is aisle one two three four and here's how my locations lay out and now someone can very easily come in and do this for you yeah, and that's a good way of thinking about it. Even, and maybe it's only twice a year, right? It's your busy season, mm -hmm. it's Black Friday, the holiday. It's one of the times where it just, you can't do it, right? And you need right. a way of just like, let's print out the pick list and let's just hand, and you, you know, and for people who haven't seen them, you get this pick list. It's literally like a roadmap of, yes, go here, pick up these three things, put them in this bin. And you basically just can, and some of them are organized based on like, you do this and then there's steps. And by the time you get right. to the end, you've done everything, you turn around and you're pretty much done. And you keep taking them and just going off and doing these little routes around the warehouse. And you come back and drop them in a box and there you go. And once you generate those, you can just print them out, hand them to someone else and they can just do a, do a lap around the warehouse, come back around and just keep doing that until they're done. Without yes. that, you're pretty much just like, you know, poking around in boxes. You're, you're, you're kind of peeking in this box thing and <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. And then you're like looking on the top shelf. And that's like the last place you want to be when you come to like, you know, the holidays on Black Friday or just any time where you're yes. under the gun and it's late and you have to get them out and the UPS guy is coming at the end of the day and you're like sweating. So, well, and, and when you look at it, you know, from a scaling point of view, when you start getting into those where you're shipping out 500, 1,000 orders a week, um, 
you you not only need that roadmap because you need for your people to be able to find your things, but you need to be able to route your workers. Um, you don't want to create bottlenecks within your aisles. So um, if you're running a warehouse that has, I don't know, maybe 20 aisles, you do not want all four pickers going down aisle one to start your day. So you want to be able to create pick lists in a very smart manner. So you want that intelligence going into creating that pick list and very easily saying, okay, let's start this one here. Let's start this one here. And let's start this one here. And then you want to snake them around the warehouse. You don't want them running all over the place. You want to make sure everything's going in order. And a lot of that goes back to your initial setup. If you're setting up your warehouse right to begin with, your warehouse management system or even your shipping system or whatever you're using to create that pick list is going to help you be able to create that a better way. Because with SKU Vault, you can set that up so that it takes you in order. Um, or you can set that up so you may want to set your pick list up to pick all of your multi-order items first and then put all your single item orders second. Or maybe um, you want to pick all of your hot sellers first. Maybe you have one item that you sell, you ship 200 of every day. And so you put those items on its own pick list. But you need to be able to have an intelligent way to create those pick lists to get people out into the warehouse so that you're moving them around and not sending everybody to, to the first section of shelving, the first row of shelving, the first section of shelving, and the first shelf. Because now you got, what, three, four people standing there trying to get into the same thing. Not a good idea. Not a good spend of time. So. I like it. It's been super helpful. I think, yeah, I think a lot of folks don't realize this is just something, this is one of the few things where you should lay the groundwork, I would say earlier on, right? There's some things where you can over-optimize and it just, it's like too much. But like when it yeah. comes to the warehouse, like you can really start small and it actually helps at the small level. Just it does. knowing what's there, checking returns back in, knowing, okay, we got a few things in and at least having that inventory. So it's not just in your head and you're not manually going back to shop by and like keying it in. You can actually just check it in. There you go. It's all automatic. And then it yeah. just kind of grows up with you as a retailer. So as that thousand goes to 10,000, ideally, right? You can just kind of expand the warehouse, expand what's in the warehouse, and it kind of just keeps growing. It really does. And it's, I think it's really helpful. I've been, um, I've been with SkewVault a very long time. Um, so <laughs> I, I've been there since startup days. And, and many of our early customers who are still with us, um, they may have been what, um, you know, they're a small family business. They didn't, they didn't have aspirations of growing to 30, 40, $50 million a year. They want to be able to support their families on this. And, and they're doing it. And they started with Skewball when they first were getting their business going. And maybe they were operating out of their garage and they moved into a small warehouse. But they've stuck with us because um, it's important to have that. They've grown with our features but they were so thankful when they started with us early and they made sure that they got that warehouse set up and that they got those basics in there. And there was somebody to kind of guide them and say, Hey, this is how you should set a warehouse up. This is what it should look like. And, and give them a little bit of guidance on making sure that they're getting everything in there correctly so that we're telling them, go barcode your warehouse, go put those barcodes on your warehouse. So you can very easily scan that barcode right there on your warehouse shelf. And, and you're doing everything very quickly and very easily. And then it makes it easier to grow or it makes it easier to just operate and not grow if that's what your choice is. But again, you can go back to taking those vacations. Um, you can take a day off. Your kids can take over your business for you if that's what you want it to be, or you can have grandma come in and do some shipping, you know, whatever <laughs> works. 
Awesome. <laughs> it's a good place to end it with grandma doing the shipping. So <laughs> if people want to, thank you for coming on. And if people want to find you, kind of learn more about Skew Vault, we'll put some links um, anywhere you'd recommend or anything you guys are currently working on. Um, we are currently working a little bit more. We have just released some more serialization. So people who are electronic sellers, take a look at us again. Um, we have a way for you to drill down to a single individual item and make sure that you can track all the way from, you know, those cases coming into that one iPhone that's going out. You want to make sure you know which one went to Susie over in Peoria, you know, because we've got that serialization in there now. Um, I think you'll see a lot more on that and on lots and on first in first out next year. Uh, so we're excited. Awesome. All right. Thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate having you. Thank you. I appreciate it too.